It's Laura Allen, and this is Hello Thoughts. You ever wonder why English muffins decided to have a party in the sand before they get packaged? Because me and my toaster oven need to know this. Okay, I don't, I don't get it. I like them. They have the nooks, the crannies. They get crunchy. It seems to be all the right things. I know it's not the best for you, but it works for me, except for the goddamn sand. Can we all agree that it needs to just, we could be done with this? Um, I had a weird dream last night that's been sitting and marinating with me all day. My next guest, actually, tonight, she she was in my dream, but I didn't mention it tonight. Um, and anyway, there was a ton of people just around, and it was this theater concert kind of venue. And I looked across the room, and there I was as like a maybe, I would say like a 10, 11 year old. So just watching my 10, 11 year old self interact. And I was kind of like interacting a little bit, but not, I was just there. Like I looked a little aimless, like not knowing what I was up to, just kind of cluelessly in the, in the crowd. And, um, yeah, it was like a little uncomfortable and it's been sitting with me today. Um, yeah, so you ever look at a picture? Maybe I saw a picture of myself and it just like planted a seed and that's how that dream happened. But did you ever look at a picture and you're like, you of yourself and think you have no idea you have no idea what's about to happen next. You know, you, you see a picture and you're like, oh, that's cute. You had no idea what was coming. Although there have been many, many gifts along the way. I don't want to discredit any of that. But sometimes you just look at yourself and you're like, wow, that girl, she didn't know a fucking thing. Anyway. Who does know a thing is my beautiful, talented guest of this evening, Nadia Eastman. She's uh, just a real delight. I love Nadia. Good people. Um, I think a lot of you will get so much of what she has to say. You'll either relate to it, just understand, respect it. Uh, she's a beautiful person, and uh, yeah, here's Nadia. I appreciate her time talking to me, and I hope you all enjoy it. There she is. Can you hear me? Uh, I can uh, hear you. Uh, I can hear you now. 
Does it sound okay? It sounds okay. Look at, that, look at that long hair. It's so long. It's like hanging across your shoulders. I need a cut so bad. I was just talking to Jeff about like how I need my haircut and I wish you were there to cut it, but uh, Nadia. <laughs> it looks gorgeous. Thank you. Sorry that took so long. We're like really bad. <laughs> oh please. You're like chimpanzees, like like pushing buttons. <laughs> but How do I get up? this to work? What's um, up? Not much. Not much. So are we? Is this it? We're doing it. We're doing it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Me too. I'm like yeah. nervous, seriously, but excited. Don't be nervous. <laughs> Just a bunch of gals chatting. You look so professional. Oh, do I? It's the headphones, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually like coming out of like a weird sinus bender. So I'm happy that like today it doesn't sound as terrible as it has been. <laughs> That's all right. Nothing trumps me. Don't say that word though. Trump. Yeah, Trump. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so welcome. I'm excited yeah. to have you here because we work together and, you know, we spend so much time together, not in the last several months, but it's just kind of funny how like you could be around someone so much, but then you really don't get quality time to converse and, and you know, just get to know someone a little bit more, you know, than you get to during the work hours. So I'm excited about that. Totally. So uh, bottom line, I need to know, number one, please state and spell your full name. Well, my <laughs> full first and last name or just? Well, because I do notice that you use two different spellings for your first name yeah. and your last name. Well, I, no. I say Nadia Eastwood. Okay. Am I right so, about that? Well, so my name is Nadia Eastman. It's oh. N-A-D-Y-A-E-A-S-T-M-O-N-D. But like, I guess on the internet first kind of like, or like social media became a thing. I don't know if I'm just like a paranoid person, but I just sort of like altered spelling so that like I couldn't be found on the internet do you know when I first thought about that I was like I want it, it definitely entered my mind I was like I wonder if she like related to Clint Eastwood <laughs> <laughs> no, well that that too but just like I was wondering if you were not paranoid but just for that reason so it started out for that yeah I think okay. so I think like I just maybe grew up in a weird way where like the internet was like this weird mysterious sure. thing and then you know it's like yeah I just remember like my parents being like don't put like pictures of yourself or uh -huh. do all this and then like I would just maybe some kind of weird cheat code of, like I'll just alter it but the thing with my name it's like you know it's Nadia right but, you know, in Russia, like my Russian relatives, it would be pr pronounced more like Nadia. Oh, so, like, okay. The right. The is kind of not totally out there and unnecessary because 
My name is kind of like a namesake of my grandma, who's Nadia, N-A-D-I-A. So in the household, it was like she was Nadia, and then I was like Nadja. Oh, okay. Love it. Well, it's beautiful, just like you. (laughs) Are you looking over at Russell? (laughs) Hi, Russell. (laughs) Be happy you're not in this house because... Just a little bit ago, the laundry room door just, it just closed on its own. Oh, okay. On its own. And that thing is hard to close. So (laughs) things are getting weird. I'm a little scared. I hope this goes on a while because I'm scared to go go to bed tonight. I mean, it is (laughs) So I like have these headphones plugged into the computer, but like I hear you through the computer not through the headphones now i'm wondering are like on, are these just are you on uh, the podcast <laughs> oh uh, can you not hear me through where you're plugged in then i can hear you totally fine i'm just like <laughs> hey russell hey <laughs> unplug him plug him back in can you hear me plug him back i in. can yeah oh but now i can't hear you yeah can't oh now i hear you can you hear me? Through through the headphones? Yeah. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Technology. <laughs> Mastered. Um, okay, so, well, that's a little bit about your uh, childhood background with your name. Yeah. So, so. so where'd you grow up? You were in Keyport? Yeah, so I grew up in Keyport, but then my Mom is from East Brunswick, and she grew up there in my grandparents' home and basically lived there until she got married. And then my dad and her were married for like 22 years. Yeah. So growing up until they got divorced, I was about 16 or so. Um, We all lived together in Keyport, and then when they got divorced, she just kind of moved right back into their house in East mm-hmm. Brunswick, their family. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, but I was very close with them, so they were, like, kind of, like, I don't know, more guardians than just, like, Your grandparents. grandparents. Yeah. Yeah, like, I spent, like, a frequent amount of time with them, and then, right. you know, co-parenting for whatever level that was for my parents. Sure. I did spend a lot of time up north that way and so high school was kind of split up for you then or yeah kind of I mean it's kind of interesting too because I actually didn't finish high school right Um, so I was forgot about that yeah so I was in Keyport and then I ended up going to East Brunswick for like a couple months and I I did do like the cosmetology program there okay I ultimately ended up dropping out when I was like 16. Yeah. So, or like just turning 17 because I also got the job at Gerber's when I was pretty young and I was like kind of practicing hair anyway. So did you finish um, cosmetology school in high school or after? You did the program there? I didn't finish... Well, so what I did was, like, I started that there, but then I ended up pretty much dropping out. I got my GED. Yeah. And then I just went to an adult cosmetology program. Like at night? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I would like work at Gerber's from like 10 to 2 or 10 to 1. And then, and then go, go to cosmetology school. school from like 2 to 7. So that yeah. was a crazy period in my chaos, life. Chaos. Chaos. <laughs> so um, was that kind of thought process of not finishing high school? Like you, when did you kind of make your mind up with that? Was it the change going over to East Brunswick? I don't East know. Brunswick, I mean, right? East Brunswick, Yeah. Yeah. So I think like... I, I just feel like I was never, like, a school person. Like, I enjoy learning things, and I always, like, was really interested in things I was interested in, but... Things you could, like, apply. Totally, but, like, yeah. I definitely had, like, a very hard time. Like, I wasn't, like, a bad kid or, like, acting out, but, you know, my attention span just whatever clinical name they could call that girl I, just I get it I get it <laughs> grass thing so you know I made it through school and I, I did fairly well and did well in things that I did apply myself to but pretty much I think like around the divorce and just moving schools and stuff and then once like I got a job doing hair I think I was just so fixated on that that like I legally was allowed to drop out and I just kind of, yeah, I think I just made up my mind, like, you know, school's not for me. Right. I'm not enjoying this. I found something that now I know it worked for me because mm-hmm. it's been however many years, 11 years or whatever. Sure. Um, so but yeah, it, it's cool that like, you had something so early on to kind of cling to in that regard. Cause I think maybe a, lot of people feel like that, but they don't have that kind of outlet where they know, okay, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to focus my attention on this and, and succeed. Cause it's hard when you, you know, I, I understand not being able to focus on school and all that. Sometimes I think children uh, and into teenage years, you kind of just like, fuck it. I'm not gonna, I I'm just, before you get there, you kind of defeat yourself. So it's good that you had something to apply that to. Totally. I could definitely relate to that. I mean, I definitely did have like a struggling period, you know, where it's like, I don't know, I guess it wasn't a breeze getting through school, but you know, it wasn't the worst. And then there is like that stigma with like dropping out of school. And I think it was like a weird period where it was like I was kind of disconnected from like my peers, I guess. And I bet, yeah. Although I was like working and in my mind, it, I felt productive, like, you know, to family member, extended family members, mm-hmm. friends, parents, strangers. When they hear that, it's like, what's she up like to? A low life. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it was like, that was definitely like a weird time, you know, and I definitely lost touch with like a lot of my friends that I, I guess maybe had like really close relationships growing up or through school because it was like, I was on a totally different track, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. So Keyport, is it like a big school system? How, like, what's that look like? It's actually not. Keyport's like a pretty small school system and 
It's like blended from two towns of Union Beach and Keyport, which I also did live in Union Beach as well, kind of growing up. But I feel like they're they're so similar and they're like right next to each other that, yeah. you know, they're pretty much kind of like the same sort of town. But it's like it's a weird small town in a way. It's like nice and comforting and it's like something you don't appreciate until maybe you're older. Right, right. But it's like, yeah, you spend most of your life with like the same group of people. Everybody knows each other. Everybody yeah. knows each other's parents and grandparents and uncles. Okay. And, you know, so it, yeah. it's like it has its ups and downs for sure. I mean, is there like a middle school or is it just K through? I Yeah. So it's like elementary. So like the way it was, was like pretty much preschool to eighth grade. I was in the same school. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then just the four years of high school. Right. But so I only Was did... that like a shock when you got to high school? Was that like a, a couple different towns like wrapped into it or no, was it still so a small still all the oh, same okay. pretty much group? So I think like the graduating classes are like 98, 75. Oh, wow. People, okay. You know? I don't know. But why, but it was way bigger over there. I will say that when I went to school in East Brunswick, that was scary for me. That was like to me like what high schoolers look like in the movies like I was like there's (laughs) men with beards (laughs) here like like it's not just that like tiny bit of hair right above the upper lip anymore (laughs) because it was like all the guys that like were guys that I grew up with and like you know they don't peak until (laughs) after high school I feel I don't know if it's something in the water around here but then he sprung like they're like men in work boots and (laughs) right right (laughs) Oh man, these people. (laughs) (laughs) So, I know you just had a birthday. I don't know how old you are. Were you like, like I'm trying to think? Were you like a '90s kid? Um, Yes, high like like not high school, middle school into my birthday. So was. Were you wearing Jankos? I did wear Jankos a little bit. I also wore, I don't know if they were Jankos. Maybe they were, but yeah, like the strappy pants. Uh-huh. Like oh, they yeah. have like 12 suspenders. Yes. Hanging around. And Just, like, I don't know, know what to do with them. <laughs> like Spencer's culture. Like I definitely had a lot of t-shirts that were like, I'm with stupid. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. That store yeah. was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you feel rebellious going in there? I did. And like, I don't know what age group this was really, maybe 2000s kids. Cause I think I was like sort of 90s, sort of 2000, but like we hung out at the mall a lot. Yeah. So like, yeah, it would be like every Friday night, like you could buy one t-shirt at Hot Topic or Spencer's. That was like a big deal. (laughs) Right. Walking around with your crew seeing mm-hmm. who you knew now yeah, forget it didn't like, know i don't know do people do that anymore i'm not really sure i feel people like find out in a couple so years different like yeah, well, kids now. are so different right no i mean i won't let ruby do that no <laughs> it's like i just thinking about like you know what like i remember that that feeling of like men looking at you you're like a kid it's like that's just so wrong on so many levels you know 
Yeah, I was having this conversation with somebody else not too long ago just about like weirdness and like things that are so, I guess, like relevant and the awareness of things now. <laughs> but we were just like talking about scenarios that, you know, when we were younger and it's like, oh, well, you know, that wasn't like a big deal. Right. <laughs> back then back then then, yeah you're like back then but like at the time then say something traumatic maybe happened to you but you weren't like allowed to feel like it was traumatic because it it truly wasn't a big deal right and then now you hear stories of things happening you know not even necessarily extreme or anything but you're like whoa like that happened to me or that we did that and yeah like you know now it's really bad and off limits yeah off limits <laughs> which I, I mean I guess in in some instances it's like a little too much but in a lot of instances it's, it's a good thing I guess totally. you know th- thinking about you know I, I think because I have kids it's like uh I just think about what they're going to face and all that and yikes it could be bad out there yeah but I'm also a worrywart so yeah I like I think I kind of go back and forth too between like do I care about this or do I not so when you were young were you like what were you and your friends up to were you partying um, Were you getting into know. mischief? I feel, I feel like I was definitely like, yeah, we were definitely like a mischievous group. Like I had, I had a brother, well, I have a brother, but we're pretty close in age, like yeah. 15 months apart. So oh, okay. I didn't realize you guys were that close. Yeah. We're not super close now and like our older age but you know when we were younger we would definitely have a lot of the same friend group so I had like a lot of guy friends and I guess I was definitely more of a tomboy mm-hmm. so we definitely got into like mischief like I don't know I feel like we have like a pyromaniac phase. <laughs> <laughs> oh no we were setting shit off yeah, I remember we were, like, obsessed with, like, nail polish remover and, like, hairspray. <laughs> We'd, like, light our sleeve on flat fire. And... Real quick, did that turn ugly ever? Oh, yeah, we had, like, some bad incidences. Like, one time, I told Russell this story a couple of times, but we, like, lit a sock on fire and oh. then threw it, and it flew into, like, a garbage can, but it lit the side of our friend's neighbor's house on fire. Oh we actually God. had to go to court for it. <gasps> we were oh, young. My God. Nadia. We were probably, like, nine. Oh, wow. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Nine so. years old. So definitely, like, Hey, what did you know, you know? You just <laughs> yeah. lighting shit on fire. Yeah, it was definitely, like, just a lot of, like, breaking things and lighting things on fire. I think one time we did smoke, like, a bag of oregano, like, at the park. It was, like, trying to get high. Yeah, we used, like, notebook paper and we're, like, just, like, lighting herbs on Uh fire. But truthfully, I really didn't start partying until I feel like a more age-appropriate age. Maybe. That's a good thing. I think that sometimes that like small town, I didn't realize you totally. like it was a small town, but um, I feel like that kind of saves you from that. For sure. You know, like that middle school, it, 
it started early. I wasn't lighting shit on fire, but I was definitely, you know, doing things I shouldn't have been doing at like a super young age. But I think it's because you come into this huge world where you're like, what, what is happening? Who am I? Who's around me? I'm scared. I'm just going to reach for whatever's around. Totally. I mean, I, I think too, like, I did grow up in a household where like, I had, you know, parents that had substance abuse issues. Right. So I think that can be definitely a gateway to also to like starting something like that early. But I think for me, it sort of did like scare me away from something like that. Cause I just, I never like viewed it maybe as like a happy party thing. Right. Right. You know, I sort of... It's interesting, like, that could kind of turn to a different way. You could either, you know, take it like you did and kind of be a little scared of it or run with it. Totally. And actually, like, one of my best friends growing up, you know, she grew up in, like, a a very nice, sweet household. And and she actually started drinking when we were pretty young, probably, like, Mm -hmm. 14 or so. And started, like, really experimenting. And that really kind of, like, put a weird wedge in our friendship because I was just, like, not about that. And, you know, of course, she was really diving into it, which, rightfully so, anyone can do that. But it was, like, it was definitely hard, too, yeah, because you know, we were so close. And then when you do that, I feel like you do dive like headfirst into Mm -hmm. it, obviously fun, but it is very easily addictive. And when you're at that age, you're like so hyper-focused on anything that's making you feel good. So. Right. So when did you kind of like pick up that either one of your parents kind of had that issue? Like when, when did I pick that up? Yeah, like when did you start kind of like noticing it? Like at what age would you say you were I would, around? I would say maybe like probably like closer to maybe like 10 or 11. Like I guess when I started to realize maybe it was like a problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because then it's like at that age you have like more freedom and you definitely are more aware and like I'd be like, oh, well, my friend's mom isn't drinking right, right. at 10 a.m. on yeah. a Saturday. So. Right, right. So okay. your, your other surroundings kind of made you in touch with, like, what, what's happening. Totally. Yeah. And then it's like, I mean, unfortunately, too, it's like you can't obviously help but notice, like, the crumbling of, you know, a marriage or, mm-hmm. you know, like, those things become harder to kind of conceal because my parents were both pretty like lively like I don't know maybe socialites in their friend group like they right. were always having like barbecues and parties mm-hmm. birthdays like it was like you name it so it was like I feel like drinking and, and partying and smoking and whatever was just like a big part of maybe the small town friend culture like my dad grew up in the town oh okay that we lived in and his dad grew up there so it was like you know those roots are there those roots were there and like they were definitely all partiers but it's like yeah I think with that there was like the partying and it was like fun and then you know when the party goes home and it kind of continues on right daily and yeah it's like yeah you know, it stops being fun and then 
yeah it's just hard now i feel like not to notice that you know yeah after a certain age so like the the parties that that would happen um were there a lot of other kids around too like it was just like a kind of or was it generally their age group i feel like a little bit of both you know what i mean like i feel like it was definitely like like i said it would be like any excuse like fourth of july banger (laughs) this person's birthday banger this and that but you know my dad is like a blue collar worker guy so it was always like beers after work and Mm -hmm. you know so i think there was a mix of kids but it definitely like wasn't isolated to that you know yeah so um was that something that was kind of hard for you to share with friends did good friends of yours know that as you start to got like as you got older or um I think like certain friends started to notice but I do think there was like there was like sometimes I feel like it was a little bit harder because it was a small town and um you know I definitely wasn't like a target of like bullying or anything like that but I'll say, like, I think a lot of people maybe knew the reputation or something Mm -hmm. of my parents. So it was like I wasn't necessarily able to explore a lot of friendships because of, like, maybe catty parents that were apprehensive about having me maybe be friends with them. And I can only say this now, right? right. you know, with that understanding, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's really shitty because, you know, me as a child had to suffer because of that. Right. Although on, I, on many levels, yeah. On totally, yeah. totally. But like I had great friendships and I'm totally thankful for the friends that I had. But yeah, I, I think it can be hard for sure and like hard to share. And then, you know, I, I think it did take a long time for me to and it's still something that's hard for me to like really open up about like a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something I feel like I try to work on to be more open. You know what I mean? Yeah. At this point, I just feel like it's, that's just all we get, go. right? Yeah, it's like, exactly. I, I don't know. In this, in this time, I just feel like things are so insane. And I, I don't know. We are who we are. Um, everything's relevant too. I think that a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, it could always be worse. And it is true, but it's also whatever is happening in your life. It's, this is your life and it's your experience and it's all such an impact and, um, trying to navigate through that. I think sometimes expressing it is kind of, I don't know, that's where I'm at anyway. I'm just like, who fucking cares? You know, I think us too, just being behind the chair and um, like I've said, like it it is a very big experience for me to know people and to, even on the small scale, some clients, you know, just a little bit about and others, you know, everything about. And I, I get so much out of that, but like, we don't really get to share ourselves too much. You know, like we're kind of the ones always listening. For sure. Which um, it's a little odd kind of sharing pieces of yourself. But at the same time, it's like, 
I don't know. I'm just kind of like, let's do it. For sure. Yeah. I think for me, like a big security is just like being nosy about other people or really like involving myself in other people's like stories and experiences as a way to just like avoid maybe sharing about myself. And I think it kind of ties into what I was saying before about, um, you know, how a couple of years ago, certain things maybe didn't fly or if, if you had an experience, it, it wasn't a big deal. But right. me and this friend were also just talking about like how you can be in denial about like your own you know, trauma or experiences from oh, yeah. childhood or, or whatever, because they were, they were opening up about something and then they were basically downplaying it. But I was like, mm-hmm. no, like, that's a big deal. Like you're, right. you have every right to be upset about that. Like, and be it's okay, relevant. but yeah. yeah, like you, that was a real thing. And that's like really shitty what happened to you. So. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, away from yourself. Mm-hmm. I think us hearing so many other things sometimes makes you feel almost like bad about sharing some things. But like you're saying, I mean, even if it happens, whatever level it is, if it's something wrong, it's something wrong and you should be feeling those feelings and it's okay. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Heavy stuff. I know. This is why we don't open the vault. Ah, Let's open it. Let's see what's in there. And then we'll shut it back up once it's all sorted out. Crypt Keeper is going to come out. Well, apparently it's in my house tonight. So I don't know if I'm making it out of here. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, um, so, you know, you you had this experience with them and it's, later on you you did kind of open the doors to partying and stuff um would you say that kind of took a spiral or you kind of stayed at that even keel i'm just gonna dabble and have fun but not take it to the next level yeah i felt like i always kept it in control for sure i felt like i definitely had a breakthrough moment where I definitely explored and had like a lot of fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, I felt like I always knew when to, to stop something. And then, you know, now I guess at 30, which sounds like really weird to say out loud. And I don't even know what age so she means, is really. 30. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 30 now. So, but yeah, I feel like at 30, it's like weird because I just, I don't really find enjoyment in like those types of things at all. And like, I'm happy that I was able to experience them. Right. And like, I've had like some great, enjoyable party moments. Fun times. I don't like miss it, I guess, or have like FOMO party days. And I don't like feel like they they were like I guess I don't want them to be defining moments of like mm-hmm. me or my personality or my lifestyle or whatever you know what I mean yeah I think that's very honorable and it's something to be proud of when you 
do kind of witness that as a young kid. I feel like sometimes you can just it it's easier to go the other route. I feel like totally. So to be a, above it and to know yourself and you know, even if you have other things that are barriers for yourself, you, you don't let that get in the way because it really does change everything about who you are as a person, I feel like. Totally. And I mean, I, I do kind of feel like that, like, it's like, I don't know, like when you are partying a lot or mm-hmm. drinking and stuff, yeah, it, it sort of shifts, you know, your like interest and the things you enjoy because, mm-hmm. you know, there was moments where I, I did start to feel like I wasn't having fun doing certain things if I wasn't, you know, drunk or high or right. whatever. I would be like, oh, this would be great if I had like, you know, a if I just had one more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, yeah, you know it's like that that feeling kind of stinks and I I feel like especially even during like prior to quarantine I really kind of just like chilled out and started Mm -hmm. to like focus on you know hobbies or just other interests or even Mm -hmm. just chilling and being by myself and and my thoughts it's like yeah like now I feel like I notice the negative feelings that come along with that Sure. Like doing those things and I'm just like, it's not like necessarily worth it. I'd rather just take my scary thoughts head on. (laughs) (laughs) Just charge right at them directly head on. That's a good thing though. I mean, I just feel like you're able to then actually get through it. Totally. Or or just see it for what it is and and stare at it. Know it, own it not hide behind the uh the glass or whatever it is totally and that's like with no judgment to like anybody that wants to do that or anybody yeah. that especially is struggling with oh yeah addiction, like agreed no judgment i i you know i always say it if i did not have ruby i i don't know if i would be here to be honest with you i was definitely heading straight down um a dark hole and she she brought me back to light you know i saw what i i had to see what i had to see because i was pregnant but then it just changed everything for me you know so no judgment i i suffered with that for a long time so um, it's hard it's hard yeah and it's easy to like slip you know yeah you do catch yourself in a moment of like you're like, oh, who's this person? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, they're not that cool. And, right, right. Know, like, <laughs> what am I thinking right now? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it's tough too because it's, it is the actual, like I said before, I just feel like it, it technically, when I think of myself anyway, it was just the easier way. It was the easier way to handle it. I, I wasn't on medications. I wasn't going to therapy. I wasn't handling my shit. I was drinking and, and smoking weed and, you know, and that's what I turned to, you know, to hide behind those feelings. I did, I didn't want to deal with that. You know, it was just so much better to not deal with it. But you got to grow up at some point if you can. For for me, it was for the sake of my daughter. And I'm very 
excited about that because I'm here talking to you. So <laughs> party days are over. Party days are gone. <laughs> um, no, I still enjoy a nice glass of wine. I was going to say, I still do like a little, oh, yeah. a little party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, a moderate party. For it's sure. not uh, blacking out, <laughs> not remembering the whole damn day. So that's, <laughs> that's good. But all along, you know, I, that's why I always knew, you know, I was meant to do hair. It, it, like I was able to function doing hair. I didn't, I didn't fuck that up. You know, like as much as I was partying and doing, making the wrong choices in many instances, I still had my eye on the prize as far as hair and it you know that saved me once because it just gave me an opportunity and to feel good at something you know I didn't have that confidence anywhere else and I just loved hair you know and but then it just it just was all about hair and and partying yeah, I was going to say that, actually, but I didn't want to compare my hair career to your beautiful daughter. No, but I was going to say hair and Ruby and Roxy and Taylor, honestly, that's it. So I was going to say that was definitely one thing that I feel like I always, yeah, like consistently kept it together for that. Like, and, you know, there's like nothing like going to like a 9 a.m. Saturday hungover as hell. <laughs> To make you be like, okay, we're going to chill out. Even, even assisting like that. No, nope. It's rough. Uh, it's yeah. so hard. You know, you're not For behind sure. a desk hiding all day. <laughs> it's like, it's not that that's not hard, but like when you're hung over, doing hair is no joke. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that lesson. So yeah, it kept, <laughs> kept me somewhat together. So when did you, you know start to realize okay I'm I'm taking this path I'm I'm going with hair when did um you feel that way so I guess like I was saying earlier I was kind of more of like a tomboy so I truthfully never like did my hair makeup or anything I was like a big sports girl like softball basketball and like when I wasn't doing that okay. it was burning socks in my <laughs> friend's backyard so yeah. lighting houses on fire I think it was like eighth grade summer my I told my mom like before I went to high school that I wanted to like start wearing makeup or like buy makeup mm -hmm. and I started to like really kind of delve into like um you know I guess you could say like the emo or scene okay type of you, culture was your part, like all the way to the left <laughs> yeah I had some intense hair but this came after the makeup so okay it okay. was like it was like that stuff's like live journal and I'm pretty sure it was like my space was kind of coming out at this sure. point okay and I was like okay I don't know who these people are but I kind of feel like I need to look like this right these are my people yeah I'm listening to the music like I'm all about this so <laughs> take me to the store and have them make me look like this yes transform so, me so she took me to Mac and I had like my makeup done for the first time because they would do this thing where you get your makeup done and then you basically get to like, or you purchase the products the, yeah. and then they put it on you for free and show okay, you how to right. do it. 
Yeah. So it was like these two like lime green eyeshadows and like a oh. dark green, and I wore them for like two years. <laughs> I was oh. like, this is like my only eyeshadow. I bought like a foundation that was like white. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I hope you have a picture of this somewhere. I have tons of pictures. Oh, I need to see that. Era, so so it was like that started. And then I was pretty much like, okay, like now I had really long hair for a long okay. time, like down to my butt. And it was like tied in like a knotted bun. On like, top? Were we top knotting it? Or it was like we... a little both. It was either at the top or like at the bottom. But oh. either way, it, was, <laughs> it was never allowed to do like its own thing. So right, right. I was like, I want to cut my hair. I want bangs. So you went with it. She took me to some place. It was called like Sweeney Todd's and it was like <laughs> a $15 haircut. <laughs> but I actually loved it. So I got that done. And then once like I feel like I got my makeup done and I got my hair done like as stupid as that sounds like it did transform me yeah personally like I was like I'm like a new person right now like I feel like I have an identity I guess or something like you came into yourself yeah yeah and then cool. like all of my friends were so impressed with my new Ooh. you know transformation so yeah I, like, I can cut your hair too like <laughs> I can do this. So it wasn't, I guess it didn't even necessarily start off as like a technical passion, but it was like, I was so excited about the way that I felt right. that experience. Right. That like I wanted all of my friends that were into what I was into yeah. to feel that same way. And they yeah. were like all about it. So that's yeah, awesome. I started just doing these weird, like, bootleg scenester haircuts. Yes. Like, all my friends. And people loved it. Yeah. Yeah. They were so coming like, over. You yes. had your hair. I was, like, cutting your kitchen, on the front porch. Your kitchen, she <laughs> hairs just hacking yeah, away. Was, like, just, like, picking people's ha- hair up, like, straight at the top and oh. just, like, cutting line and be like, right. just straighten it. Just keep straightening it. <laughs> hold that iron shut here's some wax throw it in there I love it it was like big sexy hair hairspray was like my jam so I remember I would like walk around with like a book bag that had like a pair of scissors hair straightener (laughs) and big sexy hair hair so this is this is like prior to school this is prior to school I was probably like 14 okay this is like 18 yeah okay yeah so it just sort of became a thing and it would be like if people weren't asking then I was just like I can like cut your hair like (laughs) let's cut it but I didn't even know that that was like a thing that you know you could really do as a career like it seemed very unattainable to me as the person that I was then right right you know I was like oh it's like this glamorous like job and everybody's just like you know they have long nails and they're (laughs) drinking coffee and reading magazines all day and like so that didn't feel so thinking about that that didn't feel right to you or you just felt like you didn't belong there or yeah I guess I I didn't yeah I didn't feel like maybe I I belonged and I I don't feel that way now necessarily it was just like coming from the type of person that I was Mm -hmm. 
prior to this. I just knew that I loved cutting hair. I just didn't know what that meant as a career. And it wasn't something that was, I guess, necessarily talked about or or shared. Right, right. So definitely, yeah. While I was also doing this, I was also like frequently going and getting my hair done. Mm -hmm. So I was just like bouncing around getting my hair done all the time, (laughs) like from different stylists. And like my mom would drop me off for like a haircut and then pick me up, and it'd be like a $200 like bill. Yeah, like I have a black <laughs> chunk on the top of my head, and it's like a you sound you place. honestly like right now. I'm just like having flashbacks of like my first, some of my first clients, like in <laughs> in like the early 2000s that were just like obsessed, and then like yeah, they would have chunk. They'd want to do a transformation every single time they came in and it was like a color correction every single time that was me like your hair is literally gonna fall off your head but you know it was it was what was going on you know when you were in the scene and and you wanted to do your hair I mean I I at that time before once I started getting into like doing stuff like that I it was before I started doing hair so I was doing it in my bathroom like with lightener four times in a row on my front bangs you know but um some of these kids when I would first when I was first doing hair they would their parents you know they would drop them off and they would spend the money and I was like I can't like you know this is gonna be like you know whatever at that time could you imagine what the price would be now yeah that was like 16 years ago yeah, I sometimes feel bad for the choices that I made. Don't feel bad. <laughs> you deserved that hair. Every bit of it. <laughs> I remember a big thing I had asked where I would say, like, can you make, like, a star at the top of my head? So oh. it was, like, a star pattern of, like, uh-huh. blonde that oh. was, like, draping yes. over. You knew what you wanted. You had the vision. You were meant to be. So was any, like, any of the stylists, were they, like, do you want to like did they encourage you because I remember Um, doing that with some of these girls like you seem really into this you should you know go to hair school yeah I would I would say like I always had really great experiences which is what I feel like maybe propelled me into that because it was like I was doing these kind of weird like I said kind of bootleg haircuts and Mm -hmm. that was just like a, a fun to me seemed like a hobby but then I was really passionate about getting my own hair done. Yeah. Because I, like, sort of became, like, addicted to that rush of, you know. Was it, like, the transformation? Yeah. Just, like, the feeling you get. And I loved that. And then just kind of speaking to them. And, and like, you know, a couple of the, like, people that did my hair were, were younger and sort of just out of school or this or that so it did kind of seem more realistic and that's when you know someone was like yeah you can just like go to cosmetology school and I wasn't able to get into the one in Keyport which is why I actually ended up moving to East Brunswick oh okay yeah so I can attend that but then I met Derek who worked at yeah who got me the job there did he grow up in East Brunswick and I worked there for like two days and He's uh, from... He grew up in Keyport. Oh, okay. 
yeah so I, w I was still like hanging out in keyboard a lot even though i was going to like i pretty much just like lived in east brunswick so that i could go to the school there. Oh, okay. but yeah i worked at gerber's for like two days and i was like i'm quitting school <laughs> this is it i'm a hairdresser now yeah so. yeah i'm doing it <laughs> yeah. so with the you know once you got into it, um, you stayed at Gerber for quite a like amount of time, right? A good amount of time. Yeah, I was there for like, I'd say like about five and a half years. Okay. Yeah. And then so, you hopped around a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I hopped around. I, I went, because I was then, you know, throughout those years, I ended up moving again permanently to East Brunswick. Um, I was with my grandma who, you know, started to get ill and just mm -hmm. kind of like in that Eastern European household, like the elders kind of stay with right. you until the very <laughs> last breath. So, <laughs> so I right. sort of inherited the position of caretaker. Okay. Um, yeah. So, how long, like, how long did you live with her? I lived with her for about like three years or so. Okay. That's yeah. a long time. So I was living there and then that's what kind of, um, I ended up leaving Gerber's partially because of that, because mm -hmm. I just kind of needed to be closer to yeah. that area. So I ended up getting a job at a salon in New Brunswick, mm -hmm. which was interesting. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> this is what I'll say about that. Yeah. Was your, how was your relationship with your grandmother at that time? I know you spent a lot of your youth with her and growing up. So living with her was that? It was great. I mean, yeah, my grandma was like an awesome person. So yeah. it was like, as kind of hard as something like that is, like watching someone that you're that close with sort of like, I don't know, as morbidly as it sounds like deteriorate. Mm -hmm. It's like a hard experience, but I'm pretty thankful that I was able to be there. Be with know? her. Yeah. Did she yeah. tell you lots of stories? Was she like a, a storyteller? Oh my gosh. She was like the storyteller. Like, oh yeah. She had so, so many nice. stories. Yeah. 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 She was a sweet lady. Was she, was she also like very, from um, here or was she from Russia or? She was from Russia. Oh, okay. Well, technically like Belarus. Oh, okay. So, and then she met my grandpa in Germany he was from Moscow oh okay and then they pretty much just fled Germany together and came here wow. and they had already had my aunt and she was pregnant with my mom when they came so here. your mom was born here yes yeah. yeah first generation wow so grandma was a, a good storyteller yeah, I was, love that. She was kind of like a ridiculous person. In in what way? She was just like a very out there person, like and like I said, like very superstitious. And it was like, 
like par- total paranoia but like in a very endearing kind yes. of way <laughs> you know? I remember you saying that about her yeah this was like really funny thing me and my mom were talking about not too long ago but it was a couple well not a couple years ago it was years ago now but she it was before Donald Trump was even the president right it might have even been like the apprentice days okay but she swore up and down that Donald Trump pulled oh, up to her house in a limousine and knocked oh. on the door and wanted to buy her property. Oh my God. And that she like shooed him away and told him like he's not like getting her land. <laughs> and this is like, th- this was Keyport? No, was this was in East this- Brunswick. Oh, this was East Brunswick. Right, right. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, we came home. So, do we believe her? Like, what? what? Nobody knows. (laughs) She just, she swore up and down that, like, we came home and she was just livid. And she was like, Donald Trump was here in this house. I tell him. Was it a big property? It was like a a big house. Not not a huge house, but it was like a house that was on like a big piece of land um again not like huge but it was definitely like big for the area like it had like a double lot so she was saying that he wanted to like tear her house down and build like some kind of so did you ever look into like if he has any sort of real estate over there or anything i have to find this out i i'm on her side i bet you she's right yeah, I mean, I feel like it was so out there that it could be true. <laughs> like, why in right? Why in the world would she like bring that up if it yeah, was? She, she was like, if that Trump come here again, like, oh my tell him, god, go home. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. So it was like she was a storyteller, like in that way, you right? Know, it was, right. Like, always some kind of like really weird thing would happen to her like she would always do this thing where she'd be like the neighbor called and like told me like this story like she would try and like catch you in like some kind of weird lie or something (laughs) she was a little slightly uh paranoid then totally yeah yeah (laughs) I get that though I'm I'm a little paranoid and she was always like hiding stuff around the house and then like you know it was like somebody always stole it but then she would like find it you know, oh. two days later. <laughs> so was she a religious um, grandma? Was she like, did she like pray to saints to find her things? I think and stuff she was like, like that. Religious. And I don't want to take this away from her, but <clears throat> I think she put like a lot of faith in icons, but I don't know if she truly knew like what her faith meant to her i think honestly as i don't want to get older i don't i don't know if there's like that day where you're just like i don't know if i believe in everything even the people that have faith all the way through like is there that day that you're like i don't know if if this is all everything is right that I felt because you're working towards the end. Do you start to feel like you're questioning yourself? I mean, I would think as you start to age, you get a little more uh, worried about that, you know, like here it is. It's, it's on its way now. 
Like as you're younger, yeah, sure. It could happen at any moment. You know, we don't know what we're given, but I would think as you start to get older, it's like, it's close. You know, it's closer. So does it, it, maybe your faith becomes stronger. I'm not sure. Totally. I mean, I think it was interesting. It was definitely like a wavering type of thing. And Mm -hmm. I guess she um, leaned on like Russian Orthodox Okay. Which is similar to Catholic. It's like sort of just like a... In that vein, kind of. Yeah. And, you know, it was like something we did like for holidays and this and that. But I wouldn't say she was like heavily rooted in her faith. A particular thing. But it, you know, Mm -hmm. would go... It was like very like maybe fearing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which might be a lot of people, I think. Totally. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not atheist. I have a lot of beliefs, but I still don't know if any of them are right. <laughs> like, does For anybody? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. So, you know, our profession being in hair and, and makeup and beauty and all of that, was that ever through the years of being in it? Would you say, um, I know I've expressed this to you a little bit, just my, back and forth, love, hate a little bit with the um, industry. I kind of always felt that way, but as social media and everything got a little bit bigger and um, more relevant, I felt like it kind of took the shift um, to a dark place a little bit. So, you know, tell me your feelings about that. I'm curious. How do you feel um, it presents itself now um I don't know if I like necessarily feel connected to it I guess um like the industry you mean the industry or the industry in regards to social media in regards to social media I mean there's no doubt we both love hair totally the art of hair and everything about it so I just think they're two separate things yeah I mean I definitely have the passion for hair and and I love like the artistry Mm -hmm. of it I do yeah I sometimes feel conflicted with social media in a way I'm thankful for because Mm -hmm. it is like a catalyst or sort of like a door opener for opportunities and and say networking Mm -hmm. and things like that but it's kind of like where do you draw that line and then kind of just I don't know rely on like pure you know connection and, Mm -hmm. and meaningful sort of like relationships or projections of your own art and like I don't know integrity right you know what I mean where it like sometimes I I will post things or or something and and then I'm just kind of like uh like I'm not I'm feeling like I have to post it and not because I want to share it right it is a weird there's so many layers to that question I think it's it in that regard yeah it is weird if you're not as an artist keeping up with that then you're unable to be seen at this point and there was a time that that was not even an option you just kind of it was you relied on word of mouth and all of that so it is a a wonderful platform business-wise to showcase yourself and it's like basically for 
a hairdresser, it's like your flash is on online and people can see your work and it is, it is a good outlet for that. I mean, there's no doubt. Totally. Um, that the thing pressure. You were saying, yeah. And the thing you were saying too, about kind of like it being a dark place, it's kind of weird too, because I mean, as, as far as the social media goes, it's like, I do have my personal account mm-hmm. and then I have my hair account and it's like, Sometimes I I think like, oh, maybe I should share more of myself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we were talking about the Nadja Eastwood thing, right. it's like I, I still have <clears throat> like a weird feeling like I need to protect myself. Yeah. And it's like it is a place where I'm sharing my professional interests and my portfolio and, and my artistry mm-hmm. and things like that. And I'm connecting with like – clients and you know professionals alike but it's like I have followed a lot of hairdressers over the years when I was originally attracted to their work right and then you know sometimes when it gets too personal from them I like don't like it anymore (laughs) right 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 because I'm like I don't think I like you as a person and I don't like the way you're interacting with people Mm -hmm. and it's like I wish you didn't put that out there right right um which no one would think that of you Nadia but (laughs) (laughs) there's not a soul but I do I I totally agree with that I just mean it can get dark like I've Mm -hmm. seen some really catty scary like intense stuff between you know our fellow hairdressers in this community and there's a big divide and there's there's so much cattiness and and like clickiness and and pressure and it's like it is a beautiful space and a beautiful community but with with everything there is that dark place and it's like yeah it's hard to yeah navigate through that like what you're what you should do what you want to do yeah and it's overwhelming and it's like you kind of you see your follower count go up and it's mm-hmm. like you sort of do get that weird like dopamine reaction right. of like whoa but then it's like you then you get scared because it's like now that's that many more people kind of that could be there to see your weird internet downfall right your your space they're in your space mm-hmm. yeah yeah I it, it just it's a funny it's a funny thing for me because I kind of was attracted to doing hair not only because I enjoyed the art of it but I just felt like it was a place to make people feel good about themselves and safe and and just happy and content and all those good feelings. And um, I think that social media sometimes chews that up and spits it out. And that, that for me is, is a bit of a struggle, but. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's something about it that definitely like cheapens it, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's like, for a lot of artists feel that way. Totally. Whether it's photography or tattoo artists or any any artist, I think feels that way. Yeah, like sometimes I'll do something that I'm super proud of and 
I love the end result and, you know, I'm personally kind of blown away by something that I was able to create Mm -hmm. and it's like, whoa, I can't believe I actually did this. And then you take the picture, the picture looks awesome. And then I get this apprehensive apprehension that I'm like, I don't even know if I want to post this because it's like, I love it so much. And then now it's worth is going to be put into the void for everybody else to, mm-hmm. to like it. And if it doesn't get the amount of likes that in my mind, I've now, you know, right, right. put on it, then I'm going to feel like it has less value. Yeah. Oh, I've definitely had those moments. And that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. I think, um, you know, it, it goes both ways, social media. I think a lot of people found um, happiness and, and others not so much. So it, it goes back and forth. But um, all in all, it is it is a good platform. So just, totally. just can't worry about those likes, right? <laughs> yeah. Bottom line, exactly. I don't care if you like it, people. <laughs> I thought I heard a I rumor like that they were taking the likes away, and I was like, "That's not oh a good really? Idea. Like I, this was a while ago, but oh, I ha- I've never heard that. I don't I'm kind of in a hole, but okay, that would be interesting. What does that look like? Have they been know. up since the beginning of like Instagram I, likes? I think maybe no. I don't I think that remember. the likes were as big of a deal as they are now i think it might have just been comments at first and then it went to like what's what's next what's next after this i wonder we just watched a documentary last night we definitely don't have to go into this whole thing it was about (laughs) like i think it was called social dilemma it was on netflix but it was really scary just it was like from the mouths of creators of Google and Facebook and what they did to us. Yeah. Like the psychological brainwashing and conditioning that they do. And just like basically about, you know, children and the younger generations that will have no idea what life was like without this, like right. we still have an idea of, right. Sure. You know, a time when these things didn't exist and it's like they were saying, you know, these programs aren't designed by psychologists that are like nurturing the right. minds of children. They're right programmed to like devour you. Yeah, to get you to consume. Yeah, it's insane. So, you know, it is crazy. Yeah, that's when I want to go run into the wild <laughs> with my family and just hunker down. but that's another show yes (laughs) so um i have one last thing for you yeah i want to play a little quick game of um let's fast forward through your feelings i'm I'm gonna say a word (laughs) or a feeling and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind okay okay you ready (laughs) yeah you ready for me and then i'll and then i'll let you go Okay. Okay. Ready, set, go. Comfort. Um, sleeping. <laughs> Hair. Um, 
excitement. <laughs> oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Excited. <laughs> Hair. <laughs> excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with excited. Okay. That was my next one, but we'll skip oh, that one. Oh, excited <laughs> is yeah. the, what the do I get one. excited for? I get excited for eating. Eating, yes. <laughs> um, scared. Uh, the exorcist. <laughs> That's in my house. Um, chocolate. Mm, it's okay sometimes. It's okay. I was curious what you thought. Um, I'm not a big sweet person, but sometimes I do like chocolate, obviously, you know. A, a little vanilla or no? Mm -hmm. Which one um, do you prefer? I like dark chocolate. I'm like an old man. No, like, I'm all about that too. Dark cacao. chocolate. <laughs> Yum. Damp. Damp. Yeah, I said it. Damp. Um, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Silly. Mm, silly. I'm silly. Proud. Proud. Um, Russell. Glass. Glass. <laughs> Glass is pretty. I like blown glass. <laughs> Imagination. Is he laughing at you? No, that's just me silently and out loudly laughing to myself. <laughs> um, Glass, Alex Glass from the Brady Bunch. Okay, imagination. Oh, oh imagination. Um, yeah, it's a shame that I feel like people don't use that anymore perfect answer happy <laughs> happy plants love it well thank you nadia thank nadia. you for having me nadia. this was like a really uh cathartic chatting experience i'm glad you were able to come on tonight it worked out yeah we had some technical difficulties <laughs> but <laughs> We did it. Yeah, I was like, I hope I don't have to like tell her that this isn't happening. I'm very happy that didn't happen. Because I had fun knowing you more. Yeah, it was awesome. You're a great I, like, human, Nadia. Oh I love too. you. I, I love, love you too. And I'm looking forward to hearing like everybody else that you have on here. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Get to know some people, you know? What else yeah. do we have? Totally. So cheers to you. Yes. And uh, we'll talk soon. Totally. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for coming on. I'll see you soon. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye, girl. <laughs> that was Nadia, everyone. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Um. Again, I'm so lucky to stand next to her. I, I wish I was still there standing next to her during my weeks. I miss her and doing hair and everyone. Um, but she's such an inspiration. She's so talented. Uh, you have to go follow her on Instagram. 
at Hair by Nadia. N-A-D-J-A, okay? We sorted through that. Um, I loved hearing pieces of her story and just kind of details of what make her her. Um, and I, I did want to say that I commend her. There was just a small moment um, and listening back and it, it just made an impact for me. Um, we briefly were talking about how it's hard to, you know, you stand behind the chair and all of a sudden, you know, you're trying to get to a place where you're pulling something. I'm all I could hear is this bird. I'm outside and this, my attention span is like, where is this fucking bird? Anyway, back to, back to the beauty of Nadia. Um, she was talking about a friend who wasn't quite sure about, um, the relevance of their story. You know, was it something? And, and Nadia said, yes, it, it is something. And, and I commend her for that because I think that sometimes people have a hard time distinguishing if what they're going through is something to speak of, not to complain of, but to speak of, to feel, to look at. And, um, that happens all the time with victims of all sorts of things, abuse, sexual abuse, um, everything. I mean, you name it. And if you're a victim or something has happened and you've faced something, sometimes we second guess if it's worthy of acknowledgement. And, you know, I, I thought that was really cool of her that she said to that person, like, no, like, you know, however she said it, she meant own it. And it's okay. It's okay to look at that and say, fuck, yeah, that was something. And sometimes we stumble upon the wrong person to tell, you know, like whatever issue you're facing. If you feel that it's an issue, it is. And don't let anyone undermine that because I've definitely run into situations where I've myself or I've heard other people's reactions to someone speaking about something and they belittle it and they undermine it. And that does not mean you should second guess yourself. That means you told the wrong fucking person and look for someone else to talk to because whether it's family or friends that respond in that way, it doesn't mean that your issue is any less. So I um, think we all need to just take take a good look sometimes it, it hurts but it's worth it and it's the only way we grow so yeah I just thought that was really cool that she you know stressed to her friend no no it is it's okay and it is it's hard to open up the can of worms but um like I said I think it's the only way we grow so 
But who the fuck am I? Don't, don't, (laughs) you don't have to listen to me. I'm just talking, listening to birds, apparently. But, uh, yeah, Nadia was very cool to listen to her. We stand next to each other, but I only know bits and pieces, and I can gather what I can gather because I do find that I'm very into people, so I just try and absorb everything that they're a part of, but... You, can, you can't quite do that, you know, when you're busy and working and all that. So it was nice to connect with her and, and hear some stuff about her. So I hope you enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, go follow her. You'll definitely be inspired. She's got some cool stuff, even if you don't do hair. I mean, she does some killer hair. So, all right, guys. Finally, I'm shutting up. Goodbye.